Hello and welcome to another episode of Gunner Chat. I'm joined today by Jamie, George and friend of the show Dean to discuss what was a truly eventful night to say the least at the Molyneux. Jamie, where do we even begin with this? See, I'm disappointed by the result but it could have been a lot worse. If you look at the result of United versus Southampton, both teams had uh, two players sent off, it could have been a lot worse first half wise I thought we were great until obviously the Louise moment and I'll get to that in a second uh Saka sorry uh, absolutely brilliant could have easily scored with that um side of the foot shot then had the goal ruled out I thought Pepe played really really well obviously half-time sub because of again Louise um but my problem with Louise is yes it was a red card but is he mainly guilty because of who he is well, let's come on to the red in a minute. Let's maybe start off with uh, how we started the game. I mean, straight away, first minute, party straight over the top. That looked like something straight out of the training ground, didn't it? Saka, great run in behind. Should have scored, though, really, shouldn't he? Yeah, he just kind of sliced through it and got the ball cut in the wrong way. Um, but, you know, like the, the form he's been in recently, you'd have thought he'd put that back in the net. But, you know, then he had a second chance two minutes later. And then a th- was it a third that was then disallowed like 10 minutes later? Yeah. I mean, would that be a fair criticism of Saka? I mean, as, as great as he is, sometimes the finishing is maybe a little bit off what it needs to be. What do you think? The first shot, he was under some pressure. Um, so, you know, and, you know, it was... 30 seconds in so I don't think we could be too hard on him the second one was a good save and of course the third one he did put in the back of the net yeah just marginally Lacazette was offside in the build-up wasn't he yeah it's just Um, the one that would have counted he he, you know and his best chance he missed yeah and then shortly after Pepe saved onto the bar um, scored himself eight minutes later uh, he maybe got a little bit lucky with the rebound off off the first defender, but a nice little touch through, great finish. And arguably should have been up by more, shouldn't we? Yeah. One thing I will say about Pepe's goal, actually, we've kind of always criticised it for being quite predictable and not physical enough on the ball. That was a great goal in terms of the way he out-muscled multiple defenders managed to duck and dive, weave in and out, and a brilliant finish. Like, that is the Pepe that we need to see more of, in my opinion. Yeah, and Semedo is no joke, you know. He's come from Barcelona, very talented defender. He's fast. He's he's tough to get by. Um, yeah, D- Dean, coming to you, what, what did you make of the first half? Moved the ball well. Uh, there was a difference in playing out from the back and also humping it long, which we've all, not always been good at. We've been quite caught by high presses at the back a few times but that was a good variation in play but I suppose it's already been hit on that what changed the first half came at the end of the first half but Pepe's grown into himself and into the into some confidence in the game which is nice to see um, beating players at a snail's pace inside the own penalty area is not it's not an easy thing to do and yeah great finishing but is he where we want him to be at this stage of his first season? Who, Pepe? Yeah, not really. But 
it's an investment and the question begs is it an investment we we continue with well it's two goals in three games i think i think he's done better on the left he, he i think he was moved back out to the right for the united game wasn't he um he he still looked lively i think he he caused Shaw a lot of problems who again is is quite quick himself um was unlucky not to have a second goal um in the first half yesterday um but you know I, I just think with that first half is there a question should we have killed the game sooner i think of so yeah um after the 20 minutes that's where wolves started to settle in a bit they started to play the ball around press us cause us a few issues but you know within those 20 minutes we've we had three four solid chances um, yeah and only putting one of them in the back of the or two of them in the back of the net, but one disallowed. You need to be taking these chances because you don't know what happens in the next 20 minutes. The referee had the whistle in his mouth to blow for half time. And before you know it, we've got a red card, a penalty, and it's one one. It's a completely different game. How many times have we had to say that this season though? that we've created chances, we just can't tuck them away. And how many seasons have we had to say that for? There's something to be said with the way that we play. People use the term walking it into the back of the net. Um, we did have a lot of, well, we did have enough clear, uh, clear cut chances to put the game to bed. But we still cannot put games to bed, which has been one of our fundamental weaknesses for a while. Mm. I mean, yeah. we had nine, sh- nine shots yesterday and only three on target. That's not really a good percentage. No, especially considering the quality of players that are on the pitch at the time. Yeah, it, it, did, it did feel really in the first 10 minutes that we should have been kind of two up by that point already, didn't it? But yeah, it's true. At this level, you've got to take your chances. Um, I mean, we can't avoid it. Let's move on to the sending off. Um, I mean, which, which, which one? one? Well, <laughs> <laughs> you can have a guess at that. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, let's start off looking at the move. I mean, the, the defensive shape wasn't great. Um, how he managed to find that much space through the box, I thought was concerning. I thought Holdings positioning wasn't great. Louise was way off I don't I don't know where he was when, when that ball was being played he you know halfway off to McDonald's or something um he's come back in he's not got the pace to catch him and he goes down give us your thoughts I think the whole situation happened because the players were looking at the clock must have looked at the referee the whistle was in the mouth and they thought it was done obviously it's not done until you hear that whistle and yeah, they switched off for 10 seconds and, you know, the players threw on goal. Either way, I, like, I don't see David Luiz being a winner here. You know, like he's let him go to give Leno a chance to make the save and smother it. But he's just clipped him. But on the other hand, he could have taken him down and it's a penalty. So it's, a, it's really harsh on Luiz trying to rectify the situation there because I think he's a loser either way but whether we it's a definite penalty but whether we think it's a red card that's where nobody knows what the rules are anymore well I mean we've we've looked at the rules it's to do with whether there's clear intent to tackle and receive the ball isn't there because there was no intent 
to to get the ball. It's deemed as a red card. Um, this has been debated heavily ever since. It's, it seems that a lot of the pundits think there's a you know bit of a loophole in the rules there. That's that's up for debate. Maybe that's something that will be looked at. Um, but he went off. Dean, let's yeah. come to you. Thoughts? Initially, as you said, uh, the centre-backs, I think, were caught out of position. It wasn't the first time they'd been caught out of position in the game. I saw Rob Holding come out of position a couple of times with Hector Bellerin tucking inside to try and cover him. Um, I don't know if it's symptomatic of flicking between the back four and the back five um, with people not being 100% nailed on with their positioning. But I did see the, uh, the centre-backs drift a couple of times with some space being created in the middle. Uh, <laughs> to the sending off itself, wow. First off, praise to Wolves. It was a great, uh, it was a great move and some, and some great exploitation of some space they saw. When it comes to David Luiz, I, I desperately feel sorry for him on this occasion. I think it is, it, he's been very unlucky. He's accidentally run into the back legs but I was looking at the rules this morning on the FA website and he's, de- he's denied a clear goal-scoring opportunity and that is a red card. And in addition to that, because of the location, the infringement was, was taking place, it becomes a penalty. So it is, it is a penalty and a red card and you can't, you can't argue with it, even though it was accidental. Whether they want to insert some clause to take intent into account in will, will be interesting to see in the future. Do you think that is a, a clause that should be looked at? Um, <clears throat> my first knee-jerk reaction is, do you really want to put the responsibility of analysing intent on a VAR team that are struggling with things like handball and offside? Um, intent is a very difficult question to ask in anything that you analyse. So um, I think it would be a very difficult thing to implement and it will be as controversial as anything um, when it comes to the old VAR. But should it be a situation where, in that instance, the referee is allowed to, because the referee did not consult the monitor, should be allowed to take a look for himself and decide whether he thinks a deliberate foul has been made or not? Should that be an option? Yeah, that surprised me. He didn't consult the monitor in any way. Um, yeah, that really did surprise me. In such important decisions like this as well, not only is it a penalty, it's a potential red card you're talking about. And for the referee to not even go and have a look, I think it's just ridiculous. Um, But it's happened. And, you know, like like Jamie said earlier, was it a red just because it's David Luiz? And you just think, oh, well, David (laughs) Luiz did it. it. It must, I don't need to go and have a look. You know, his record speaks for himself. But to be honest, it looks like, to me, I've forgotten who the attacker was, but it looks like he went, clips Luis's Willi- knee. William Jose. Yeah, rather than clouting through the back of him. So I think it's, you know, Luis is trying to get out of the way. So David... I, Lu- I don't Go think red. Sorry, I don't think it was red. I think that was really harsh on David Luis. I think he, you know, he's tried to learn from his mistake from previously taken out players <laughs> which which mistake could that be <laughs> well hey look you don't get a name like sideshow bob for no reason <laughs> but since his debut he's had three red cards and given away six penalties yeah which are which are both um the highest tally since it since his debut so and 
Not just that, uh, Arsenal, since Arteta has taken charge, has had nine red cards in the Premier League. That's three times more than any other team in that timeline. Oh, we're top of the table in something then. Yeah, and when you think we've actually had four months of no football, he's been here, what, 13 and a half months? That's pretty much a red card a month, isn't it? Discipline (laughs) is a massive issue at Arsenal at the moment, huge. Hmm. Yeah, well, we'll we'll wrap up on Louise. I mean, last week we were saying how good he was against United and how solid he is, but it just always seems, you know, he he clearly has the talent to be a good defender, um, but it just feels like there's always one of these hiccups around the corner. Whether whether this was a red or not a red, it's in his blood, isn't it? Mm. I think it's just he turns up for some of the big games. But then it's ones where you kind of think, you know, there should be a fairly confident win. He'll just switch off for a moment. And he's, yeah. yeah, and then he's like caused himself an issue. And he actually did it against Southampton. They played a simple ball through the middle and he just missed it completely. And they were through on goal and nothing came of it. So it was sort of left at that, but it was a calamitous error. Yeah, imagine so, that went in as well. Yeah. Is that something we saw in him at Chelsea? I wouldn't say as much, nowhere near as much. He was everyone's prone to the uh, the occasional error, but I wouldn't say he was calamitous at Chelsea. So, mm. is it something? Is it something that the Arsenal way or the Arsenal coaching method has put into him, or is it or, something that Chelsea saw and decided to part with? Or did he have better defenders around him previously? Maybe I uh, mean, he he's the <laughs> in, in quotes experienced one now, isn't he? So, <sighs> yeah. That's that is the defender that we are, I suppose, telling our younger defenders to look up to. <laughs> I, I, I just don't remember this level of bad decision making from uh, bad decision making from him at Chelsea. I understand if the, your physicality may wane in your age, but surely judgment can't go as well. Yeah. Although in this case, I think his judgment was right to try and get out of the way. He was just so unlucky. Yeah. Um, but on a plus note from that. Obviously, Luis isn't really our first choice. You know, you'd have to say that should be Gabriel. So to know that, you know, we have got Gabriel for the next game against Villa. Yeah, um, I mean, well, to come into the second half, which is obviously a bit of a bit of a non-event for us. Obviously, Gabriel came on. I thought there was he made a slide tackle uh, about 10, 15 minutes in, which is a great tackle in the box. But he just has that little bit of extra zip that I feel like if Louise had made that tackle, he wouldn't quite have been quick, quick enough and it probably would have been the penalty and maybe a red. So, you know, there's just... Is Louise too slow to be at this level now? I don't know. Yeah, but he's um, 34, isn't he? I think he's 34 in April or May. Oh, in April. Um, but yeah, Gabriel get his run now, presumably. So, I'm, you know, I'm I'm not disappointed about Louise being out. Um Let's talk about Matinho's goal. Unstoppable. Yeah. Um, no, I think, again, we were kind of at fault for that. Um, with the red, Not at fault, but obviously having the red card, but we had one less player. And I think we could have closed that down if we had that player on the pitch. But Moutinho, you know, he had plenty of space and what a rocket. Even, you know, Leno couldn't get to it. Alisson wouldn't have been able to get to it. I can't imagine anyone getting to that. <laughs> Maybe both of them together couldn't have got to it. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, what, what a time for him 
to decide to score. Like he hadn't scored for was it sixteen months at Le Molyneux and really well. It was like, yeah, I'm just gonna ping this one in. Yeah, and I think the fact that it came so early in the half caused this major, major trouble as well. Because I think that, you know, we, we usually actually play quite well 45th to 60th minute. I was reading that we've actually scored more goals than any other team in that time frame. So there's usually... A, we have. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> so there's usually a little bit of a rebound there, but obviously to see the goal so early was was painful. Um, Alba came on for Pepe. It's good to see him. Good to see him back. Um, what did you make of Alba? Obviously, a little tough. He only got 12 minutes on the pitch with with 10 men and then <laughs> and then the rest of the time with nine. Um, what do you make of Aubameyang? Probably not, not much there to see from him. There just really wasn't much he could do. Was there, um, you know, I mean, we were down to 10 men. It was a case of damage limitation. Well, yeah, down to 10 men, damage limitation. Try to get, get a goal on the counter, but we just didn't really have that chance until the closing minutes. But is that the point where you really need a captain figure to step up and, and lead the team? And, uh, you know, that raises questions. Is he that man? Is he the captain? We've all seen him be that man. I don't know. I think sometimes he's not animated enough on the pitch when the chips are down. Mm. Um, you know, we see the likes of Shaka who will be screaming at players, holding, you know, he can voice an opinion, Bellerin as well. When he's not um, swearing at well, Jacko. When he's not swearing at the fans, I suppose. Yeah, <laughs> that's just it. Like I can't do that now. So <laughs> no, that's the problem. If if Jacko hadn't have done that, I think he'd still be the captain today. Mm. Possibly. Yeah, and I mean Bayern as captain, it's it sort of just feels like well, he's the longest service play, serving player, right? We'll give it to him. I'm, oh, I'm not sure that's the way it goes. I see a good captain brewing in yeah. Rob Holding when, when mm. the time comes, but he needs to put some more experience in his locker before he he's ready for that armband on a consistent basis. Um, as for Aubameyang, a lot of pressure to come on at that time with that scoreline, um, but he still managed to put himself between the posts and squeeze off a shot. It was um, It was blocked, but with nine men, creativity becomes uh, a, a bit of uh, at a bit of a premium. Yeah, of course. Um, and then, unbelievably, a second red card, Leno. <laughs> what I mean, was he thinking? Well, just, yeah. Uh, uh, judgment was so poor. You could see the intent. I think he was going to come out and try and header it. But by the time he'd got to the ball, the ball, the ball had, had, had almost passed him. So the only option he had was to try and use his arm to hook it out. Unless he was going to attribute that to Diego Maradona, I don't know what he was thinking. <laughs> I mean, we could maybe, as devil's advocate, say that the surface was getting a bit wet, maybe. Maybe put him <laughs> off a bit, a bit of a stretch. There's, there's no defending it. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's no defending this. You know, I know you're a keeper and you use your hands and arm all day, every day, but you do have the rest of your body. Like, it was at his kind of chest, stomach height, just take the touch and hoof it out don't go for a you know a Mike Tyson hook to clear it even if you have to turn and then recover the ball or even kick it out for a corner it would have been preferable to that and I think that is actually going to be one of the most expensive consequences to come from this game is that we're now is that you know we're not too sure how long Ryan's out for who's never played for the club anyway um 
So now three games with Renarsson, who was meant to be going out on loan. Um, he's going to be playing Villa, Leeds and City. That is that is full on. I think I read that they only get a one-match ban because it wasn't for violent conduct or such. I could be wrong. So I think, hopefully... Even for a straight red? Yeah, I, th- I swear I read that somewhere this morning, but hopefully we have him back after Villa, but I'm not sure. I did read that somewhere. We'll have to confirm Again, that. It could, yeah, it could be another rule change, which, you know, and I mean, all referees don't even know about these days. I hate to come back to it, but would that have happened with Martinez? I think a massive mistake said in Martinez. Huge. Said it at the time. Absolutely yeah. massive mistake said in him. I think I saw him penned, I think it might have been in the sun, as buy of the season. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. What I find funny and ironic is we're now in need of a good backup keeper and we're playing the team that we sold our good backup keeper to. <laughs> I suppose that was the key well, issue, though. Um, he didn't want to be the backup keeper. He wanted somewhere where, where no, he was going he's, to be number one. He's too good. I, th- I think, I don't know if he's necessarily a better shot stopper than Leno. I do think Leno's a very good shot stopper, but it's just the other stuff that Martinez brings. I mean, he just absolutely pings balls down the field, don't they? Doesn't he? And, and finds players. He can pass out. Leno is not comfortable passing out with his feet. Um, no. They still go with it, though. Um, but I mean, it would have been a huge call to drop Leno to permanent backup keeper, wouldn't it? I mean, Leno wouldn't have settled for that. It would have been one or the other. And I think Leno would go for more money, but in this climate, who had the funds for a Leno? Like, you know, if Martinez is going for 20 mil, Leno, given his kind of stature, is what 30 35 if not more yeah yeah he makes a lot of saves and uh up until last night i think we had the the second best um goals conceded in the league so he's not done too badly um they made a lot of moves down the right didn't they i mean triore is oh my god every time he gets the ball it's just fear isn't it he doesn't even <laughs> he doesn't even need skill half the time he just it just pings it in front of whoever he's at and just like right I'll take you on um, that sp- will be so fast <laughs> it's an absolute tank isn't he um, Suarez Suarez gave it a good go but I mean ultimately he was overrun wasn't he how, how do you think he did yeah it's I mean Triore causes problems for the very best of of defenders and again Cedric is filling in for Tierney, so he's not in his favourite position. Um, yeah. I think he, he did the best that he could, really. And I think that's something as well with the delivery about a right-sided, uh, right-footed player even being on the left, is that they can't do the, the sort of outcross cross they've, they've always got to cut back in. Um, and it, it changes the, the movement of the ball, um, which is not as ideal, right? We, we clearly need Tierney back, but uh, I don't know. We get different performances from Suarez. Um, I'm unsure if he should be a starter. Dean, what, what are your thoughts on uh, Suarez? I'll be honest. I remember watching him in the Portugal team, uh, Euro 2016. And I was very impressed with him at the time. And I'll, mm-hmm. I, it, it, it did puzzle me for a while why a big team hadn't raided Southampton for him. Um, mixed performances. 
but considering some of the other backups in that position we've had over the years, the um, and Andre Santos's, the Abue's, um, <laughs> <laughs> I think he does a good enough job to to be cover. Should he should he be competing with Bellerin for the right back slot? Competition is always a good thing. Um, he's got a few more bits of competition in uh, in in that spot. As well, to be honest, um, Callum Chambers can play in that spot as well if 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 required. Um, so I, I, depth in defence is something we've we, we've now bred over a couple of seasons with buying. Um, but I do hope we we keep him. Adama Traore is a difficult beast for anyone to hold. Um, there's a reason they oil him up at the beginning of the game. He's a, a slippery character. He will get he, he will push the ball past you and run onto it, and unless you can match him for speed, you're going to have a difficult afternoon. And Cedric Suarez, for all of his positive aspects, he's not the speediest. No, it's, it is funny with Traore though, isn't it? Because he'll, he'll sort of bomb past a defender and then knock the cross out into the car park. With <laughs> 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 you just don't know what you're getting with season. him. <laughs> yeah. He was electric last season. Um, it, 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 it garnered praise from, from all of the pundits. Um, this season, he had a very slow start, but I think, Unfortunately, last night doing a world of confidence. <laughs> um, George, what do you think? Suarez or Bellerin right back? Who should start? Um, for now, Suarez, I think, has been doing a little bit better than Bellerin. Um, but, you know, I've always thought Bellerin to be a really talented right back. Um, he has been one of my favourite figures at the club. Um, but going on the recent form, you know, I don't think... Bellerin can really have too many complaints if he, when Tierney's backed, uh, back, sorry, um, Arteta gives Cedric a go. Um, just, you know, it's one of those, Cedric's done well in the left-back position. Let's see if you can take that form to your favourite position. Um, and I think it will raise both their games, training harder, competing harder, just to kind of stake claim to their spot. And, you know, with all these rumours around Bellerin as well, you know, is he leaving for Barcelona in the summer? Um, you know, they said that they want him. Is, is, is that, a, sorry? Is that what happens? A sort of a player becomes captain and we sell them. Is that the, the routine? <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. I hope not. Because that is Aubameyang gone after just signing a big deal. But, but you know, so a bit of competition, if... On the off chance Bellerin does leave, we know that we've got Cedric, who has really worked hard to kind yeah. of fill, fill that spot. And we may not necessarily need to go out and replace Bellerin because we've already got the replacement. And then yeah. Chambers moves into the backup. Or I know Ainsley doesn't want that position, but he's also there. I enjoyed playing. I, I enjoyed watching Ainsley Mar, uh, Ainsley Mars play it right back for the Bruce, didn't he? Add he wasn't he wasn't too bad at it at all. He's but good know, physically. Um, yeah, he wants that position in midfield. Yeah, but would he play as a CDM though? Um, I don't see him as a as a, a dedicated defensive midfielder. No, I think he's still yet to kind of craft out his his niche. Um, I almost see him like a new Ray Parler, mm. where he can do do a little bit of everything without having to be specialised to one or the other. Yeah. Well, yeah, he's shown that versatility already, hasn't he? It's just he's not been able to get solid minutes. He's not been able to really stake a claim in the Arsenal starting eleven. Going off to West Brom, I think, would be really good for him. 
Um, you know, he should hopefully be a guaranteed starter in that team. They're going to be slugging out a tough relegation battle, so it's going to be very, very physical. Um, and, you know, he could come back from that loan and replace El Nini, who we're not exactly over the moon with, are we? Well, I mean, moving on to, to transfers, um, obviously, Maitland-Niles has gone to West Brom. Willock has gone to Newcastle, both on loan. We wondered if Nketiah or Nelson would go out. I, I never thought all of them would, but I did think Nelson might go. He didn't. Um, Kalasinac has gone to Schalke on a loan deal, as well as Mustafi, who has gone the permanent deal. And, of course, Ozil has finally gone. What are your reactions to the transfer business? Very busy window. Brilliant, in my opinion. Not only have we cleared so many players, we've also got a few in. I mean, the amount we've got out, Ozil, Mustafi, Socrates, Willock, Ainsley Maitland-Niles, Klasnach and Saliba. Not forgetting Matt Macy as well. He also went out on loan. You kind of forget right. he's there to make up the numbers. Um, I, think he, I think he went permanently, didn't he, Matt Macy? Or permanently? Well, there we go. But we've cleared £736,000 a week in wages. And massive. It is, it is massive. And you kind of think, especially with you know, the pressures of the pandemic, keeping stadiums closed, that money is going to go a long way in taking this club forward. And I think if we now come across the right deal in the summer, we're going to have the funds there to take it, fingers crossed. Yeah, and I mean, look, looking at people to come in, who who needs to come in? I think I think we're right. We're, we're sorry, we're a bit, um, bit light. In uh, in the fullback positions, we've got three fullbacks to play two two roles. Um, Tierney is often injured, unfortunately. Um, you know what what happens if Bellerin gets injured, as he sometimes does, or when he finally picks up enough yellow cards from not being able to take a throw in, um, <laughs> <laughs> which has already happened this season, amazingly. Um, sh- surely there's got to be another fullback coming in. Um, well. They want Tarek Lamptey. Tarek Lamptey? Tariq. Uh, Tariq um, Lamptey from Brighton. You know, he was seen as the replacement for Bellerin if he went to Barcelona. Mm. Um, but again, that's not where we need the cover, is it? Can Lamptey play on the left? I think he's mostly, mostly right-sided. Mm. So the left is where we need cover. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I guess let's talk about, you know, the players that came in in January. So, obviously, Odegaard, the big one. Happy with that? Haven't seen anything of him, have we? On paper, happy with that? <laughs> <laughs> um, it seems to be something we've done a couple of times now. We took a, we took a punt on um, Denis Suarez a couple yeah. of seasons ago. Um, Kallstrom. Yeah, oh God, don't even get into King Kallstrom. <laughs> we signed him with a back injury. He said that he, said he was absolutely shocked to to learn that he passed the so-called medical. But... Um, <laughs> uh, we, we also, the, turns up with his walking stick, Clay. Yeah. <laughs> um, we took a punt on Danny Ceballos and mm. now Martin Odegaard. So we seem to be fishing in Spain for, for young, creative midfield players. 
Um, I hope he'll be, he'll be the best of the lot. A couple of years ago, obviously, he was in all the papers, being very highly rated. He was very sought after signature. H- hasn't quite found a place um, with Zinedine Zidane. So I suppose it will be up to Arsenal to evaluate him. But is there a sort of growing trend now of us loaning players who are not quite living up to their potential? Oh, yeah. Yes. Um, I was disappointed with the amount of loan loans we had out, really. Um, I wish Kolasinac had gone on a permanent deal yeah. to, bolster, to, to bolster those numbers, but so be it. Um, Mustafi, happy to go. Um, obviously, Mesut Ozil. I'm, I'm, I'm surprised there wasn't a party down all, all the way road. Um, <laughs> <laughs> his, his number had been up for a long time, and I think he, he realised yeah. that he wasn't doing himself any favours sitting in the shade. So, thanks for the memories. Um, it was good while it lasted, but unfortunately, it didn't last as long as we paid for it. So, mm. enjoy Turkey, and maybe we'll see him in the Champions League against Arsenal. <laughs> maybe not this <laughs> season, maybe next. <laughs> I think he would. Retired before then. Well, <laughs> how, how, long is, how long is this deal with Fenerbahce? Is it two, three? Not too sure. Not too sure. Not, Maybe it's sure. a one year just to make sure they can pay the wages and they'll pick up an option. Would I you? Think, I think the wage issue will be an ongoing thing for Fenerbahce, so maybe he won't be there long, that long. I know um, when, the, when the prospect of signing Meza Ozil was going, um, different fan groups were crowdfunding for the club. <laughs> that that's yeah. that's never not funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, thoughts on Sabios? He had, he had an all right f- sort of second half of the first season, didn't he? Post lockdown, he's really not featured much this season at all. Um, he's not going to be permanent, is he? No. no. No, he hasn't quite cemented his place. As you said, the very promising tail end of last season with some good performances and uh, some good assists. And I think he bagged a couple of goals as well. However, he hasn't seemed to replicate that form for one reason or another. But I don't think we've seen him enough for him to replicate that form. He's been kept out the side by Bukayo, Bukayo Saka and Martinelli and, and the others that have come back into the team since their injuries. Do we need someone more creative to play with party though? You know, I, th- I think back to sort of when we had Coquelin, who was sort of more solid, and then there was Cathola, who was the the maestro, wasn't there? And that was the partnership. Do we need someone who can, you know, come up with a bit more creativity sitting behind, or is that less important with Smith Rowe coming in? I think it's with Smith Rowe and Odegaard now, obviously sharing that creative responsibility. Um, I think it is less important because you know where you're getting, you're meant to be getting your key passes. Um, but, you know, when we didn't have those players, it is a shame we didn't see the Sabios that we thought we had at the end of last season, um, you know, putting in some creative passes, making some good chances. But at the start of this season, when he has played, he's just been sat so deep. At times I've seen him covering Bellerin when Bellerin is pushing up the flanks and mm. you've got to think to yourself, like this isn't what we've loaned him for. We've not loaned him to sit alongside David Luiz or Rob Holding or whoever we've loaned him to create these chances. So unfortunately I don't think he's been getting a fair run with his role in the squad. Um, and now that we have got, Smith Rowe and Odegaard coming into the team and Saka on 
fire Martinelli and all these other players that create our chances. I feel we're going for more stability at the back. So, yeah, I, he's, I, he won't stay. He'll be back to Madrid. And, and they'll probably sell him, won't they? Yeah, I think they will. Um, yeah. Madrid, I think, you know, I think they'll want to make a few big key signings in the summer. And if Erdogan goes well for us, I could see us putting a bid in for him. I'm absolutely convinced that Granit Xhaka owns copies of a Mikko Arteta sex tape because how, how, he's, how he's kept his place in the team, I do not know. <laughs> um, it's weird. He has a massive scandal and then he'll have a great few games when he's back. It's mental. I'm expecting him to deck the referee in the next match. <laughs> yeah, Five-match man. I mean. And then he'll go and get a hat-trick. So we all agree that there is a place in midfield for someone. It just isn't Danny Ceballos. I yeah. agree with that. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, speaking of, of central midfielders, we've obviously got two out on loan. Um, Torreira, I think, is, is unlikely to come back. As, as much as that pains me, I, th- I think he could be so good with Partey. Um, but it just hasn't been happy in London, has he? Um, that seems like a fairly sort of shut case. And then there's Genduzi, which is a little bit more sort of open, isn't it? Yeah. I think... I think- Gunduzi's been living off that ball against Spurs for the tiny Arsenal career he has. I don't rate him. I'm sorry, I just do not rate Gunduzi. I'll be happy to see him go. Really? No, I'll, I want him to come back a more mature <laughs> and grounded player, not lose his head so much. He's when he's playing in an Arsenal shirt, he is one of the most passionate players on the pitch. I even at the young age of 2021, 20, I looked at him and thought that is a future Arsenal captain but his attitude has let him down. But on loan in Berlin, he's killing it. You know, I mean, they're slugging it out in a relegation battle, but he's one of the first names on the sheet. He's got a couple of goals, and by all accounts, he's performing really well out there. So... I think he'll have... Go on. I was going to say, the amazing loan, regardless of whether we want to keep him or sell him, it's good for us. If we want to keep him, we've got better player that left but if we want to sell him you'd feel his stock is now higher yeah and I mean I I think he'll get the same sort of um, position as Ceballos got in the summer the parent club took him back thought we'll give him a go obviously Ceballos got a month in training with Madrid and Zidane sort of looked at him and thought maybe not for me so maybe Genduzi will get the the same chance Um, I'd, I'd much rather Gwendozi than El Nenny. I feel Gwendozi yeah. will at least fight for a starting position. I mean, El Nenny came back, he had a few good games, and we kind of thought, oh, maybe this is the guy. But he's just not up to the, the challenge of the Premier League. You know, I, I saw um, I saw El Nenny in Sainsbury's once. So I was buying crisps, and he was he came in, and he was staring at the popcorn. I was standing right next to him. And he stared, he was just staring at the popcorn for about a minute and he finally turned around, didn't buy it and left. <laughs> to have this sort of moral conundrum as to whether, whether he was allowed salted popcorn. <laughs> so he, he can't even decide if he wants popcorn, let alone which pass he's going to make. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. Um, anyone else you'd like to see come in, Dean? Any positions, maybe any attackers? Definitely, I honestly do think we need uh, some level of experience at the creative midfield level. Emil Smith Rowe 
a wonderful he's a wonderful player. Uh, he didn't quite set the world to light at the tail end of last season um, after uh, after he got a few performances in. But Martin Martin Odegaard, I don't think he's going to change that. I don't think there's enough experience in a creative midfield role to service the likes of uh, Aubameyang or Lacazette. And uh, he had a great season at Real Sociedad. And I, I think, you, I agree, his experience isn't there yet. You know, he's only 22. Um, and it makes you kind of wonder, could we have maybe pushed for, you know, an Ericsson who, 28, plenty of Premier League experience. It's, we've, I think we've got talent and potential over the experience in this case. But do Arsenal fans just want Ericsson for the banter? <laughs> yeah, um, probably. Because Inter don't want him, do they? No, no. I, 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 what I did hear talks of was um, maybe uh, if if Real Madrid, uh, sorry, Atletico Madrid did take Torreira on a permanent basis, um, swapping him for Ericsson. And I mean, yeah, in the winger positions, we've we've got a lot of lot of talent on the left. Um, Alburn. It looks like Martinelli isn't injured. Uh, apparently, he was taken off against United for tactical reasons. Um, why you bring Willian on for Martinelli for tactical reasons is is beyond me. But anyway, um... <laughs> on that occasion, I think Willian played better than Martinelli. Yeah, do you think yeah. so? Mm. But, I, I you thought... know, that obviously, let's not run away with that idea. That is a dangerous <laughs> precedent to set. Um, yeah, managed to on shot on target. That. Yeah. <laughs> And I mean, with Pepe's form increasing, does he does he still start now? I mean, he's competing with Saka and Alba. That's that's tough. I would still give him his shot because he has played well. But over uh, who? It's a tough one, isn't it? That is a uh, tough one. Because if you want to look at it, the odd one out that I drop is Alba. You know, yeah. he's not had the form that we need. Um, Pepe is doing well on the left, you know, has Arteta finally figured out his position. Pepe on the left, Saka on the right. Lacazette has been in good form up top and it kind yeah. of leaves Albert out. Yeah, and I mean, that that the game last night, he, he didn't come on to the 60th minute. In the first half, I don't think there was any point where Arsenal fans were thinking, buddy, oh, where's Alba? We're really missing him, you know? Yeah. What I think the trick we're going to have to work out the next season is Alba's position because a big decision is coming up with Lacazette. He's only got 18 months left. Yeah, that's right. Next summer. Yeah. Do we renew that reward his form or Mm. do we cash in because he's turning 30 this year? I think it also has to depend on where we finish this season. If we win the um, Europa League to get into the Champions League. Because I think we might have to cash in on certain players. Yeah, that is a tricky one. I think, you know, we'll we'll wrap up on the game last night. I think it's a bad result. I don't think it's the end of the world because there were so many positives in the first half. Um, But, you know, they've got us all out of the discipline, haven't they? Yeah. Um, Let's move on to Player of the Month um, for January. Busy month, lots of games. Uh, Dean, let's start with you. Who's your Player of the Month for January? It's only going to be one man for me. Yeah. Bakayo Saka. Controversial. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) He's given given us uh, the creativity, unpredictability, a level of energy up front that we have desperately, desperately needed, particularly in the absence of Gabriel Martinelli 
So yeah, Bakar Saka for me, he's he's been the man with the plan all month, and uh, long may continue. Yeah. All right, George. Oh, it's a tricky one. I think I'm going to kind of split decision it a 55-45 in Emil Smith-Rowe's favour. Bloody hell. Did you not understand the yeah. question? Yeah, so right. So obviously splitting player of the month between Smith-Rowe and Saka. As much as Saka has definitely gone on to the next level this month, I feel it wouldn't have happened without Emil Smith-Rowe. I think Smith-Rowe has been the key this month to turning this team around providing that creativity that we desperately needed and unlocking all of these chances. I mean, we're scoring from all angles at the moment and nine times out of 10, Smith Rowe's behind it. So I think just for that, Emil Smith Rowe just edges it for me as player of the month. Yeah. I mean, top honour for Saka as well. It's it's true. But before the sort of turnaround in form, I mean, Saka was looking amazing, but playing in a, a team that was really struggling and Smith Rowe came in against Chelsea. Um, and that was when just everything started clicking, didn't it? So, um, yeah, definitely plays a, a huge part. Jamie, who are you going for? Well, there's no point in me speaking now. You both literally stole every point I had written down. <laughs> I mean, you can it, share the opinion. It's uh, the Croydon De Bruyne. It's got to be. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he... As George said, he's brought out the best of um, Saka. If you look at all of Saka's goals, I think three of them were assisted by Mel Smith-Rowe. So it's got to be him. Probably, yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is one of the benefits of the academy system that when, when Mel Smith-Rowe comes into the team, um, he's not a new player to Bukayo Saka. He's a player he's played with for years. Yeah. The boys, I think it's an exciting time for them. Well, that's the interesting point about the Hale End Academy, isn't it? Is that it's the the older generation that's going out on loan and not making the squad, and it's their younger counterparts that are lighting up the team. What's that about? You know, something. I think they're, they're finally getting the chances now. Like you kind of think, um, I don't. You know, I don't want to sound unfair to Willock and. Nelson. I mean, to be honest, Nelson unfortunately has not been given his chances. He has played well. But he's again competing with Saka, Pepe, Albamiang, William, Martinelli. You know, that's five people. Um, but you know, Willock's had his fair shot, and unfortunately, Emil Smith Rowe just come in and smashed it out of the park. Well, so, as 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 a young player, that's what you have to do, isn't it? You have to, you know, when you finally get your chance. You have to come in and you have to make an impression. And, you know, I think most people's opinion of Willock is, hey, it was all right. He ran around a lot. Sort of the same, <laughs> sort of same with Nketiah, isn't he? Like, yeah, with Willock and Nketiah, I never come away with a memorable performance from them. No, no. And, you know, Nelson, there's lots of videos of him, you know, doing nutmegs in training. But I'm trying to think of a time where he's properly gone past someone that's not in the Europa League and um you know I can't think of anything. Um but yeah player of the month I um I think I am gonna go for Saka. He's just shading it just for <laughs> the the contributions and just just whenever he gets on the ball he just looks absolutely lethal. But Smith Rowe uh honorable nomination um I wouldn't give it to him 
as the winner, but I think I think Rob Holding should get a mention as well. I think he's been very solid, um, and those clean sheets haven't gone unnoticed. Yeah, um, I mean, up until last night, Leno for me would have been in contention as well. But yeah, last night was February, George. All right, then. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Leno is in contention for um, January. You know, he had a great month as well. So. Moving on from Wolves, which I think we're all pretty keen to do. <laughs> Next up, Villa away. Good lord! Um, I never thought. I never thought I'd. I'd, I'd say that's going to be a very, very difficult game. Two seasons. Uh, two seasons ago. Uh, three seasons ago, you wouldn't. You wouldn't have blinked at Villa away, but now Even it's going to be season. a very diff. Yeah, it's going to be a very difficult game. Yeah. They're, they're brilliant, aren't they? Just out of nowhere, they've become an amazing team. Without a first choice stop, uh, uh, shot stopper as well. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's it's gonna you know it's gonna be a great game because we really have to go at them. We can't we can't afford to draw now. We're you know catching up on points, but so far behind on the games played in terms of we've played more. Um, What's so, interesting coming up is obviously they have three games in hand over yeah. us at, at the time of this recording. So it is a must win to close three gaps on them specifically. But Villa's games in hand will be played against Everton and Tottenham. So two other teams that we're competing against. Yeah. So I don't know what I favour out of those results, like draws all round. So we kind of close the gap. Yeah, you have to hope for draws. Most points dropped, isn't it? (laughs) I think uh, Jack Grealish has been the most fouled player, or amongst them at least, uh, in the Premier League this year. So my my eye will be squarely on Granite Xhaka and how he tries to handle that midfield. Yeah, well, that's the question, isn't it? If if we are going to take Villa apart, um, it has to be about stopping Grealish, doesn't it? Yeah. Why couldn't Louise have sacrificed his red cards for this game? Take Grealish out. No, that's harsh. That's harsh. I do not wish pain on these players. But it is, it's, yeah, containing Grealish will be key. And, you know, he rolls his socks down, but the boys are going to have to roll their socks up if they want to beat Aston Villa. <laughs> nice. Nicely put. On the spot. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I think... I think we, we're going to have to go for him. We can't can't afford even draws now are of no use to us. We're no. so far Leeds, behind. Leeds United have two games in hand on us. They're only two points behind. Yeah. yeah. Southampton as well. They're only one game. But obviously then confidence will be severely knocked after that rugby score we saw yesterday. Well, they just, just don't care about defending, do they? They're just... So... <laughs> Southampton Leeds would be an epic clash. Yeah. Defence is an offence in their eyes. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Predictions. Villa away. It's going to be a tough game. We've got to go for it. Jamie, what's your scoreline? Uh, oh, it's going to be tough. Uh, um, I, I think it's going to be a loss. Unfortunately, I think we're going to do another horrible post-loss uh, podcast. Um, I'm going to say 2-1. 2-1. Who's, who's on the score sheet? Uh, Lacazette. Okay. And two for Ollie Watkins. Mm. <laughs> He's look good. George? Um, for, it depends who we've got in goal, really. I, I think it is going to be Runnison, isn't it? Like, Ryan's it has to just, be. Yeah, he's just not ready. And we play him in, what, 
few games time a few days time saturday saturday i mean holding and david not david lewis and gabrielle they should be able to keep them quiet so i'm gonna give us a 2-1 win and- i'm actually seeing um Renarsson has been left out of the Europa League squad. So just now. Well, I'm not sure how up to date this is, but it says Matt Ryan is racing the clock for fitness. So he it's might like get a day or well. Either way, I think Holden's been playing well. Gabriel obviously showed some good good moments. Um so I'm gonna go over two one win. I'd like yeah, to two think- one win. 2-1 win. I think their goal will come from Watkins. Mm-hmm. I think Albert and Saka for us. Okay. Dean, what are you going for? Oof, um, I'm going to go for 3-2 Villa. Yeah. Um, based on what I saw last night at the Molyneux with the, with the back four, because I presume we're going to have to go for a back four in the absence of uh, David Luiz and uh, Pablo Mari and uh, I don't think Callum Chambers has quite got match fit at this time. So based on that, I think he'll go for another back four. Be holding with, and Gabriel, wouldn't it? Yeah. And on that basis, um, just like the Charles Martinho goal, I think they may give Villa a bit of time, particularly Jack Grealish, to pick one out at a distance. Um, mm. I, again, Ollie, uh, Ollie Watkins will be um, amongst the goals. And uh, for us, I think if we start a Bamiyang he might be able to put the gears in motion and, and, and take some of those chances that we were unable to take at Wolves. And then Pepe as a super sub? Would it be, would it be harsh to, to move him to the bench after the performance last night? Yes. I think so. I think um, maybe we'll see Lacazette give it a rest mm. um, and Alba up top. So Alba's... I think Pepe and Saka have been playing too well to be dropped. Again, you can say that with Laka, but you need Albamiang back in the team. And I also think we might see Erdegaard start this one. I I don't I don't think Erdegaard will start. I think the rest of what you said makes sense, but I still think he's more likely to drop Pepe and put Alba on the left and have Laka up front, even though I'm not sure it's the best call. I think that's what he'll do. I'm gonna I'm gonna say two all draw. I think we, as as long as we can keep eleven men on the pitch, we'll, we'll be in the game. It's frustrating that we have to sort of state that that should be the goal now to play with a full team, but there we are. <laughs> Saying that though, Xhaka uh, is twenty six to one to get a red card. <laughs> okay, that, that might be worth a fiver. Yeah. <laughs> also, just to confirm, uh, it is one match bans for both Leno and David Luiz. Is it really? Wow. Okay. Right. That's, that's, that's good news then. Yeah. Maybe on the Leno part, but I think now Gabriel is back. I think we're going to start seeing the Gabriel and Holden. I think we wanted to see him. We wanted to see him back in anyway, really, didn't we? Yeah. I'm surprised he didn't start, to be honest. Well, Louise got flung in there out of injury, you know, reasons. Um, and he sort of <laughs> did all right. The reasons. <laughs> the reasons. He, he did all right for a bit, and maybe Arteta thought, "Oh, maybe he's changed. Maybe he's, maybe he's not David Luiz anymore." But you know, he had to go and remind us, didn't he? Sideshow Bob <laughs> will always be Sideshow Bob, a clown at heart. <laughs> okay, well, I think that'll do it for this podcast. Um, thanks everyone for listening. It was a 
mental game to watch. Certainly, uh, certainly stressful for all of us. Um, we'll be back for a review of the Villa game, which hopefully we'll get a, a better result. So thanks for listening and we'll see you then. Mm-hmm.